Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We also have uh, an, our special guest host today again, uh, Pastor Tim Hazelbaker from Middleton First Baptist on top of the regular cohorts. Brothers, so glad you're here today. Are you ready? <laughs> You guys are so encouraging to our listeners. Yeah, we're ready. Yep, we're, we're ready. We're ready for what? What are we ready for? <laughs> well, let me. I'll begin with. Uh, hopefully, our listeners are ready for our Boise Reformation Conference coming up October twenty first and twenty second. I do think Russ is right that this is probably going to be the best conference that we've had. That's that's not to say anything bad about our, our previous conferences, but Doctor Joel Beakey, Doctor Derek Thomas, these are uh, world class godly men um they've been in the church for a long time they're going to bring the topic of oh church arise to us uh, so make sure you go to reformationboise.com you can register for free it does help us uh, and if you register you will be in the pot for prizes so there's a great motivation all right so we've been talking about backsliding the last few days and of course just to remind our listeners uh, the reason why we're covering this topic is because we want to help you. Um, if you're living a double life, if you're living a secret life, if you're living a life that's not out in the open, we want to be assistance to you that you would come out into the light. That that is no way to live. That's a live of bondage, a life of bondage. I actually think sometimes people can be in a backslidden state and not even recognize it. Yeah, that part of the danger of it is the lack of recognition of the danger. Yeah. Um, that it it's, it can be a gradual process, a, a coldness that comes um, not overnight, but as a gradual um, lessening of affections for Christ and a greater affection for for sins, and especially if it's about nurturing what we classify as maybe um, smaller sins, it, the the process can be so subtle and so slow mm-hmm. at times that you end up in a position that you didn't recognize until you're fully there, and then you might end up in the position of despair, like, wait, how did I get here? And am I even a Christian? And how do I get out? And mm-hmm. so we're trying to help you even just be aware. Some of it is just um, greater just sensitivity to the issue so that you can spot it more quickly and take necessary steps to correct it. Yeah. So yesterday we left off um, talking about uh, asking the question, what are some biblical exhortations, encouragements, motivations to seek restoration? And and both Phil and Tim, you guys both talked about how the Lord is gracious and compassionate, that he is our father, that he is the one that's lovingly disciplining us, that he is the one that's welcoming us back, that we you know, we're in relationship with with not some um, uh, cold, distant deity, but with our heavenly Father. And so that that's one motivation. Are there other motivations uh, that we should seek uh, restoration from a backslidden state? Well, um, 
I'm, I'm just going to dwell a little bit more on he's our father. Remember that the prodigal thinks he, when he heads home, when, he, when Jesus said he came to his senses and he starts heading for home, and he's re- rehearsing a, a speech all the way home. Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Take me back as one of your hired hands. And he's thinking that when he gets home, uh, it's not going to be his home anymore. He, he's going to be a hired hand, and he's going to have to work his way back into the Father's good graces. Yeah. And... When the father sees him, the father runs to him, embraces him, puts a robe and ring on him, and throws a party for him. Yeah. Uh, there is no uh, earning your way back in. Right. Uh, the father will embrace you, so uh, run to him. Yeah. And I think part of that love of, of the father is is a corrective discipline. Um, Hebrews talks about this, um, but I even think that subtly it's in the in the prodigal, or the, the parable of the prodigal, that the son ends up in a place where he's feeding swine, who, who he has been in the state where he's, he's actually suffering the consequences of his actions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our loving father because he loves us as his children, disciplines us. And that discipline can feel harsh mm-hmm. that we end up feeding swine. We, we feel like, you know, we feel the heavy hand of God. David writes about it in Psalm 32 that, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have the heavy heavy hand of our heavenly father that that is helping us feel the weight of our backsliding to mm-hmm. push us back to him yeah i mean that's a motivation in itself backsliding is a burden it's painful it's not it's not satisfying it's sorrowful god attaches sorrow to backsliding because he doesn't want us to remain in that state of sin mm-hmm. So that's a motivation that backsliding is a burden. I would I would and add And sometimes in that time we can make the mistake of saying, well what I need is just more sin. Yeah. And so we try to cover up some of that burden by actually just going deeper into the hole because we think just a little bit more or a little whatever else experience is going to lessen that burden. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to increase it. I think Tim said the other day that sin overpromises and underdelivers. I didn't. That that's not original to me. I got that from somewhere. Well, I heard it from you. <laughs> so I'm going to quote Tim, who's quoting an unknown person. But I think sometimes we get sucked into thinking that oh, we just need a little bit more sin. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'd ever say it that way. Right. But our actions demonstrate that that tends to be our thinking. Yeah. And what we need is repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another motivation is that the longer that you stay in a backslidden state, the further that you're you're going to stray. 
Uh, again, back to the principle, Tim pointed out how when you work out and you stop working out, it's your body doesn't stay at that state. It starts mm-hmm. to, to deteriorate. Uh, in the Christian life, you're either growing or you're shrinking. There's no sin has ne- uh, no neutral gear, and so the longer you stay in your backslidden state, the further you're going to to stray. I actually think one motivation to come back from a backslidden state is when we consider all that Jesus Christ has done on behalf of us as his people and then realize the shame that our behavior brings to his precious name. I think that can be a motivation to say, how can I do this? How can I do this to my Savior who willingly went to the cross, willingly took upon himself my sin and guilt and shame, and I'm going to engage in this sin that he gave his precious blood to free me Mm -hmm. from? I think that can be a powerful motivation to awaken us to the the heinousness of what we're doing. Yeah. Mm How can I betray um, so great a love? Mm-hmm. He knows all the hairs on my head. Uh, he knows a word, uh, every word that I speak before it even comes up on my lips. He hems me in behind and before. Uh, he searches out my path and my lying down. He's acquainted with all of my ways. How could I continue to sin against so great a love? Mm-hmm. And how can I be so cavalier uh, with regard to sin that Jesus Christ died for? that he had to suffer for. Um, there is no sin that is trivial because every sin is something that was, as a child of God, had to be born by Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. I, I would just uh, issue one warning about shame. Shame is paralyzing. Don't wallow in shame. Yeah. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says uh, we have access to to the throne of grace. And I'm not, not quoting exactly here um, because I don't remember exactly. But we have access with boldness and confidence because of what Christ has done for us. When we're trapped in shame, uh, we're paralyzed. And we will sometimes remain in sin uh, because we don't feel like we're worthy uh, to have access uh, to our to our Heavenly Father. Well, the truth is, is we're not worthy. Yeah, that's, abso- not how, that's not how we ever get in relationship that's with God. That's not how we ever got into reconciliation with Him. Yeah. I would so. say that this is, is hopefully not shame as much as reverence. Um, I know when yeah. I was I was a kid, the the thing that I I would would have just destroyed me was if I knew that I willingly brought shame and dishonor to my dad. Yeah, because I loved him, I respected him, and I wanted to please him in a positive way. Yeah, um, and hopefully that also is how we see our great triune God that we would say. I want to live in a way that honors them. I want to Mm -hmm. live in a way that pleases them and that that's a helpful deterrent at times to say, I I cannot do this because Mm -hmm. of what it, how it reflects upon my triune God. Well, we need to understand too that God views us 
differently than he views our sin. Uh, so Tim, you you were talking about reading Thomas Goodwin, uh, The Heart for Christ, such a fantastic book. Goodwin talks about how when we are caught in, in a sin, and in this case backsliding, Jesus uh, doesn't start hating us. He actually, he, his bowels of compassion are drawn out more to us. Like, and the analogy that Goodwin gives is that when a, when a father has a sick son, uh, he doesn't despise his son. He doesn't, he isn't cold towards his son. He's not standoffish. His bowels of compassion are actually drawn out more towards his sick son. And so when, when we're in sin, and this is a motivation to, to be restored, when we're in sin, yes, Jesus hates our sin. That's 100% true. Nothing has changed. But he has pity on us. His bowels of compassion are drawn out more towards us uh, because he wants to see us restored. Um, so if, you know, to return to kind of what you, what you were saying, Phil, like if you're in a, a state of paralysis because of shame, know that, that Jesus, um, is 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 not cold towards you in fact he he's 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 more desirous for you to yeah. to to return unto him well you've been listening to the gospel for life uh we hope these shows have been edifying to you uh, don't forget about our upcoming boise reformation conference um We've been announcing it for quite some time. It's going to be a great conference. It's a multi-church event uh, where we get, really get to fellowship with other churches around the valley. Uh, it's October 21st and 22nd. Uh, Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas. If you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can, of course, register for free. Uh, there's going to be deeply discounted books. There's going to be great singing and prayer and preaching. You're not going to want to miss it. So go to ReformationBoise.com today. We'll see you next time.